It's time for Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. The first hour of Sports Time is brought to you by Lexus of Memphis. Here are your hosts, Brett Stats-Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome in to Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you on a Monday afternoon after a very eventful weekend, both locally and nationally. We'll be here for the next three hours. A lot to get to, um, and uh, it's, I guess, uh, Jamarant Eve, Jama Eve. I don't know what you want to call it. If you're celebrating tonight against the Thunder, the last game of this uh what has been a uh, interesting first 25 games. Uh, it will come to an end later tonight, and then tomorrow we'll be talking about Jaws' return, Tigers' win over Clemson. Big weekend here um, locally, um, also an interesting week nationally. But, Brett, uh, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing great, Brian, and you're right. This sets up with everything going on today, tonight, the Grizzlies' last game, as you mentioned, with, in Jaws' absence, Monday Night Football, of course. Yeah. Then tomorrow twofold on the road with the jaw return that so many people be watching and another big one at fedex form for the memphis tigers and as the week develops even even more things and into the weekend saturday tigers in vanderbilt and what the memphis tigers can do tomorrow night is literally go out there and secure Mm -hmm. almost seal with any work in the aac by any work i mean 14-4, 15-3, Fourteen four, fifteen three, of yeah. a, a four seed. Yeah, and and, and this attention on being ranked. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to belittle it. It just matters mm. nothing on Selection Sunday. I I quite literally, it would be back into the 80s. Yeah. The last time your AP poll ranking was factored into any metric. We know in the college basketball world what matters. Uh, RPI, mm-hmm. net, mm-hmm. quad, yep. last 10 around mm-hmm. Selection Sunday, yep. road. Mm-hmm. W- nowhere does AP ranking, but okay, if that that's what does it for you, they're sure. ranked. Sure. And if you like where you're ranked today, go beat Virginia yep. and Vandy, and you'll really like it you next Monday. It. Yeah, you'll love where they are uh, on, uh, on Lose Christmas Lose either morning. one of those or both. You yeah. won't like next Monday at all. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Um, so maybe a, maybe a good way, good thing both ways, I guess that's Christmas, because if they, you know, if they lose and they're out, you can just focus on Christmas. If they win and they're in, it's like a Christmas present. And it, 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 the slotting doesn't matter. I mean, it's it, not even close to where it matters in college football. No, no, not at but all. But okay, everybody, everybody was all bothered about it. <laughs> now, there you are. And to a lot of those, that's not going to be enough. Right. It's one twenty-three. I mean, we should we, we should be three yeah. or yeah. seventeen or twenty-one or uh-huh. nineteen that's or right. pick a, pick a number. Uh-huh. It, it's never it's never enough. There's always some myopic scrutiny mm-hmm. of it. I think well, that both means the same thing. <laughs> but okay, there there you are today, and it was done. How you do it yeah. by winning? That's right. No, you're absolutely right. And, and funny enough, you say that I, I have a buddy, and, and he won't mind me saying this, but he texted me after the polls dropped, and I think I texted him because he was asking me what time um, the AP would drop, and I texted him when I saw it, and I said Memphis is 23. And earlier he asked me, so what time is the poll dropping? I said about you know 11 30, 12. He said, okay, I think I'll be fine with the Tigers being anywhere from 18 to 22. 
And I go, perfect. So I text him back, hey, just they're, outside. They're 23rd. He goes, you're kidding me. They, they don't respect Memphis, oh, yada, yada, yada. I go, so you were fine with them at 22, but at 23. 23's a, a deal breaker. Uh, yeah, it's a deal breaker. And he was like, well, whatever. I just, they should be high. I was like, well, you know, got another opportunity tomorrow night. They sure and, do. And uh, you could you could raise higher. And I think, you know. I think Virginia was 22, aren't they? They were 22. So it'll be 23 versus 22 tomorrow night. It'll be a big game. And, and really, I mean, Brett, we were talking um, before. Before we came on the atmosphere saturday was uh was really really good and it was top five. Oh, absolutely and they need they need another similar atmosphere tomorrow night if they want to you know another big win at home it was cracking saturday it yeah. felt good looked good all, all game long i think made a difference yeah. the home court made a difference mm-hmm. uh clemson was better than i thought they were yeah. I, I thought they were good I, mm-hmm. I didn't think they were that good particularly i didn't think they were that good point guard and post Really kind of an old school type mm-hmm. style. I was, I was surprised a little bit with how their coach wanted to play at a very deliberate pace. Yes. And as coach Penny Hardaway has said since the game was over Saturday, the Tigers won Saturday and didn't play close mm-hmm. to their Tiger Woods A game. No. The free throws, three pointers. Mm-hmm. There's a lot better Memphis Tigers oh, yeah. in them than that, and we're going to see it unfold as as the year goes on. And I just wanted to split out of the ACC duo. Mm-hmm. Well, at least have that. At least have that. And, and now with Virginia that was fortunate to win Saturday, mm-hmm. they were down most of the day Saturday and were able to eke out a win. Now you get that win tomorrow night, take yep. care of Andy, Austin P and – who else non-conference? Is that it? Oh, that's it. Vandy and Austin P. That's it. And, you know, set up a 15-3, 14-4 run in, in the American. Selection Sunday is going to look real good. Yeah. And, and that ranking is the only one that matters. Yes. Yes, that, that's all that matters at the end of the day. And I've seen, you know, I, Joe Lenardi hadn't updated his. Um, I don't think Jerry Palm, we hadn't updated on Friday, but I don't think he's updated it since. But I've seen a lot of other people um, who, you know, like to put together brackets, maybe not, you know, or with an official um, network or Don't side or nickname anything. like Joe Brackets. No, no, nothing like that. But a lot of, I'm seeing a lot of threes. I'm seeing a lot of fours, you know. In that so neighborhood. It seems like a lot of people, and I think the biggest thing is this Memphis team has become a national story. I mean, it is not just here sure locally has. that people are talking about this Memphis team. I am seeing, I mean, it, people it should all be. across, exactly. I'm, I'm seeing people all across the college basketball landscape um, talking about this Tiger team and, and really how impressive they were because I, you know, I was talking to, to Johnny Radio about this earlier today because um, you know he was asking me about this Tiger team. And I told him I expected this team to be good. I did not expect this team with this many new players to look this good this early and this consistent, even though they played a bad game on, on Clemson, to be able to come out and play back-to-back top 25 teams and have performances like that, and now you're going to do it a third time. If they can go out and have a similar performance, maybe even another win, um, but but certainly a solid game, um, I'll be really impressed with how this team has started the season. Much better performance, much better play at A&M mm-hmm, than on better. Saturday at FedEx yeah. Forum, but a win. Net 34, yes. that matters a lot more 
more than 23. Sure does. Sure does. Yes. And so, uh, no, I mean, it's this schedule that Penny Hardaway, you know, wanted to make. He wanted to make it difficult. It's it's really working out for him. And, and really the biggest thing um, yesterday, especially late in that game when it was really close, really back and forth, um, was this Tigers defense. I mean, they had some really good stops. There was one um, that I saw watching the game but then has kind of been circulating amongst uh, Memphis fans on social media of Malcolm Dandridge towards the end of the game. I mean, he's switching on different guys. He's, he had the steal. He's guarding guards. He gets a steal at the very end. I mean, it was really uh, for a guy. Really like, never got control of the ball. No. And give it up. Give it uh-huh, up. And, uh-huh. I mean, it was just it was unbelievable. He got it up by the glass and had the tip in. Yeah, and so uh, you know, I thought a really good game um, by Malcolm. I thought Jalen Young came off the bench um, and gave him some really, really good minutes. Um, I thought Nick Jordan played really well inside. I- I've been impressed since Jordan Brown, you know, unfortunately got under the weather um, and is still under the weather. Um, the play of Nick Jordan and That's Malcolm bad Dandridge weather. is bad weather. I don't want to be stuck in that weather. Uh, but Nick Jordan and Malcolm Dandridge have really stepped right. up and have played really well. And in Saturday for the Tigers, I thought the use of his timeouts and then plays drawn up after timeouts mm-hmm. by Coach Hardaway was truly at a, a high level. Oh, Penny Hardaway has done a phenomenal job this season coaching. And I've been one that, especially early in his tenure, I was a little critical. And I mean, I think a lot of people were because he was a brand new coach, a fresh coach in college basketball. And, uh, you know, there were ups and downs. But I've been really impressed with him this year. He is, I he's love the out-of-time-out stuff, Sadie. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was it was really good. So I mean, a really good win for the Tigers, seventy nine, seventy seven over Clemson. Um, offensively, did a lot of things good, but a lot of people pointing out fifteen percent from three. You know, we came into the season talking about, I think, you know, seeing that you know what they did down in the Bahamas, and then kind of seeing a couple of those first games where the Tigers were really shooting the ball well, and we thought this could be the year. You know, Memphis has that really good three point shooting team. Um, but uh, this is now the, you know, it's been a couple games in a row now where they've Who really is it you think will wake up from three? I don't know. And be a lights out guy? I, I really don't know. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of people want it to be Jaquan Walton, um, who had a really uh, poor shooting game from three. I thought did some things really well, but 0 for 6 from three. Um, you know, I don't know. David Jones has shown and He some was stuff. a little quick trigger on a couple he, of them. He was. Um, I just don't see anybody on this team other than Ashton really stepping up and being a knockdown shooter. Um, and really, I don't know if Ashton or when Ashton will be ready to be that, hey, we're going to leave you out there for 25 minutes a night and we just want you to go sit in the corner and just knock down threes. I don't, you know, with him being so young um, and in a new system, I don't know. I mean, that might be later in conference play when he's ready to be that. And I, when I talk about the AAC, not one time have I said 18 and 0 Mm-mm. or 17 and 1 or just 16 and 2 in right. the 2 to FAU. There're going to be some losses sure. there. I don't think there're going to be many. There can't be many. Right. And when they get into conference play, this with their experience mm-hmm. and the level of competition, yeah. it's going to be a lot easier than November and December's been. Yeah. yeah, absolutely and and you know, it that could is a good thing and a bad thing at, at times because I think, you know, when you're playing this high level of competition and then you go to a sleepy gym in, you know, at Rice. Got to bring you know, your own motivation. You got to bring your own motivation. That that other team is going to bring their motivation. I, I think I saw, I think it was Greg this morning had a tweet after the AP Top 25 poll came out and said, 
you know, Tigers finally in the top 25. This is great. It's what we've wanted. But now the Tigers go from the Hunters to the Hunted, and there's going to be a lot of teams that see that ranking, especially when you get to conference play, and are saying, let's go out and, and knock off this top 25 team. And when you go to these opposing arenas, you're certainly going to have to bring them motivation. We know Wichita State could be difficult. Mm-hmm. We know Tulane's been difficult. Yep. At UAB. Yep. Florida Atlantic speaks for itself. Sure. At Moody. Yep. That'll be tough. At East Carolina. That's been it, tough. In has the past. often gotten goofy. Yeah, it really has. So I mean, there there are you know there are familiar opponents on this schedule. Um, but that's not at Mizzou. At Ole no, Miss. It's at, not at Texas A and M. No, and and I think they should. You know, they'll go into all of those games, and you know, maybe outside of maybe going to FAU, they'll. Be favored in every single one of those FAU games. FAU eleven in net. Um, wow, uh, I didn't know they were that high. So yeah, so every one of those these conference games, except for at FAU, Memphis will be the favored team, and so they will go in, and a lot of people will expect them to win. I'm sure if I went to Kim Palm right now, I'm sure he only has maybe one or two losses in, in conference play. Um, but you know, you've got to be able to bring it every single night when you're playing in a conference. Well, let's like go to this. Ken Palm and see. Let's see. All right. Um, yep. Well, from now until the end of the season, Kim Palm has two losses for the Tigers. He has them losing both games to Florida Atlantic, eighty to seventy nine at uh, here, and then eighty three seventy six. I respectfully disagree with Mister Kim Palm. There's no way FAU will beat the Tigers at FedEx Forum. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. He has it a one point game um, at home and has. 48% for the Tigers to win, um, 26% for them to win um, on the road. Let's see, the second, the next closest game he has, let's see, I see one, Tulane, 89-84 to 84 on the road is pretty close. We'll take that right now with the house mm-hmm. of horrors that place has been. Yep, um, SMU on the road, 74-73. I believe it. It'll be it. tough. It'll be tough. And those are the two closest games on, that Kim Palm has in his projections. Preseason in the 13 games, non-conference, I had the Tigers going 9-4. and four. Mm-hmm. You had them going 8-5. and five. Wow. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, it's been very impressive what they've done. and uh, Very. You know, I'll, I've been surprised just as anybody else. It will be another belly button to belly button gut check tomorrow night it will be virginia it will be and that's you know that's a, a tough team a very disciplined team they want to win 61 60 mm-hmm. and they're a team brett that you know we always talk about well you know you can't let them play their style of basketball Virginia's going to play their style of basketball and they're going to force you to play their uh-huh. style of basketball and so you've got to kind of out muscle them um in a sense and you to can't try to take keep it out the bait and kind of throw up some of those corner right. threes right Way too early in the shot clock. Yeah, I mean, that's what they want. Virginia wants to make this game ugly. They want to make it slow. They want to keep it in the, you know, 50s and 60s if they can. Bennett would love for it to be 52 51. Oh, yeah. yeah. He would love it. And and if it, Brad, if it's 52 to 51, I would say it's probably Virginia 52, Memphis 51. Again, I thought Saturday was one of the best coach games that Penny Hardaway's had because his team. Was not clicking. Mm-hmm. It was good. Yep. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Belittling. I'm not saying anything no, he no. didn't say and hadn't said since the game Saturday. Mm-hmm. But to be able to grind it out, win by two, but the two point win. You yep. know what it did cost us. It cost us Tiger Bank. Tiger Bank. Tiger Bank rules lot minus two and a half. Yep. It's such a sad story to lose a game by a half point. 
yes. It's really sad. Brett, you know, I um, and I know I am the only one out of us three that are gambling on games outside of Tiger Bankroll. Um, True. But there are times when you're watching games and you might have a certain side. Usually it's, you know, something like we had minus two and a half, maybe minus three. And the last, like, minute, you can, in your head, you're like, this is exactly how the game's going to play out and I'm going to lose this one. That's what Saturday was for the Tigers. I felt the same thing. In fact, told Rob Fisher at the game, I said, Tigers Mm -hmm. lose Mm -hmm. or push. Mm -hmm. Put. Well, and, well not for us, yeah, but push for, us. for for most Add people. Add the whole half. Add the whole half. And Brett, you know, we we you know, I say um, that we uh, we didn't get to the real story of the day, and that's our bull picks. We're getting there, aren't we, Johnny? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're getting there. Johnny, I was informed that you have been quite impressive. Leader to start in the clubhouse, the four and two. Hey, man, I have, I, I said I was confident, mm-hmm. and I have faith. Mm-hmm. And it's showing, man. Johnny, I, you know what happens if the new guy picking wins? We don't let you pick next year. Yeah, you know. Really? Yeah, year. that's what we do. That's how that's how petty we are. Hey, man, this could be my first and last time. <laughs> it could be. We, um, we had a group. All of us like Western Kentucky yeah. today, so that four and two is going to move to four and three. Yeah, yeah very disappointing. Um, John, Am I hearing things, or somebody knock on the door? I knocked on. The okay, desk. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Johnny came in Saturday. Um, he was working one of the games um, that we carried on our station. He walked in, and that first game, Ohio and Georgia Southern was on. And I'm sitting here just like, you've got to be kidding me. I Never had close. Georgia Southern, and I put real money real on money. Georgia Southern. Real American money. And I'm sitting Not here, Bitcoin. I'm sitting here shaking my head. Yeah. And Johnny comes in behind me and goes, how about that? Ohio playing well. And I said, stop it. Stop it right now. <laughs> Johnny's one of those kind of winners. He's like, we huh? had Ohio, right? And I said, no, no you had you Ohio. Had a while. I said, yep. Uh-huh, that's right. Been yep. a tough bowl season so far for the Heltons. Oh, man, it sure has. And this game right now, first off, love the famous Toastery Bowl. I mean, it has become a new favorite of mine. Um and it has not gone well for for Western Kentucky at all. What was it? Three turnovers in the first and half. about that many quarterbacks. Or first played. quarter, yes. And then Brett, we were both sitting in here before the show, and we were saying, "Man, you know, Western Kentucky—they're kind of moving the ball right here, right Get before it to halftime. 28-14, We got a chance. If they can score. We feel kind of good. Interception. Picked the other you way. know, going going into the half. So I mean, that's how today has gone. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about bowls. We're not picking any bowls today because the the bowl tomorrow is late. We'll pick that right. tomorrow. We'll pick okay. it tomorrow Perfect. on the show. Perfect. So we'll talk some bowls um, a little bit later. I'm sure we'll get into bowl talk um, with David Cobb uh, in about an hour. But let me set up today's show before we get to top and not top story of the day. Three thirty. DeMichael Cole, the Grizzlies uh, beat writer for the commercial in Oklahoma Field, City. In Oklahoma City, he'll join us in our next segment. We'll have to talk a lot of Grizzlies, a lot of John Morant as he is set to make his return tomorrow night in New Orleans. Uh, 345, we'll talk more about the Tigers' win over Clemson on Saturday and tomorrow night's test against Virginia, another great opponent uh, for Penny Hardaway's team. 4 o'clock, David Cobb from CBS Sports will join us to talk college football and college basketball. 430, we'll get to our Sissies log cabin, look back at the weekend in the SEC and it's actually week. a look ahead. Look ahead at the SEC because we're going to talk about the bowl slate for the SEC teams. Look at those matchups. And with no point spreads, 
we're going to pick what we think okay. the SEC goes. No point All spreads. Right. I like it. I like we will, it. of course, pick point spreads course, as we go along. Of course, as as time goes on. But uh, we'll do that at 4.30. 4.45, we'll get to big number of the day. 5 o'clock, Jonah Dillon, the Tiger football beat writer, will join us. A lot to talk to um, Jonah about. we got to talk about this bowl game coming up. We've also got to talk about what the Tigers are doing in the portal. Jonah goes back to court tomorrow. He goes back to court tomorrow. Jonah, busy I mean, he's guy he's not standing right in front of a uh-huh. magistrate. He's yes. just no, he didn't do anything. Um, yeah. Yes, no, it almost seems like, and I feel like this for a lot of uh, of our guests that we talk to, especially uh, our local guests that write for the Commercial Appeal, it's almost like, you know, during the season we talk to them, and it's like, okay, business as usual, right when the season ends, it's like, man, it just Crazy. got busy for yeah. you. I mean, it is busy. And, and, and Jonah even was on backup Friday night at the Grizzlies game and had to write about Dylan the Villain. Wow, what a, I mean, what a, what a ender backbreaker Boy, that he really was. came in I mean, and put it to Lord, us, didn't I, he? I mean, he, that's what he, he did wanted. Nothing for three quarters, uh-uh. and then the fourth quarter just, then the just took off. Unbelievable! But we'll talk to Jonah at five o'clock uh, about the Tigers. Five thirty, we'll get to our Roost Chris Monday Night Football pick and preview. Also, big four quarterbacks combined for the Eagles and the Seahawks. Brett, I'm sure he's a staple. Anytime we do Seahawks list, I'm sure you can only imagine who's making my top four. It's only where he's going to land. Maybe number one, Brett. A combined how many starts in the in his NFL career? Maybe like four? I mean, I don't know. Brock Heward? Brock Heward! He'll be on my list. Speaking of Seattle and Seattle Talk Radio, uh-huh. it wasn't Talk Radio, but last night, I dipped into Washington Huskies. Really? Maybe the game of the year in college oh, basketball. Brett, that game was Against awesome. Seattle U. I love that announcer at Washington. I don't know his name. I don't either. But he's great. Listen yeah. to most of the Pac-12 championship game football. Oh, him, yeah. Him, him call it. It's the same guy. Interesting. And I, I'm, I'm listening last night. Washington pulls it out in sure double did. overtime sure over Seattle U. Mm-hmm. They were the Chieftains when Elgin Baylor played there a million years ago. I don't know what they are now. I don't know what they are. I watch a lot of Seattle. If Seattle had now. won... They didn't. Hadn't beat Washington since 1979. Wow. Brett, you shouldn't have brought this up. I'm listening to that on Sunday night, That's Brian. awesome. That's for, awesome. For these airwaves. That's beautiful. For our listeners. I'm glad. I watched that game. And, Brett, how about this? Even better, uh, the Huskies were losing in the second half. They were half. down 16 at one point. Yeah. And uh, when I tuned in, they were down about six, five or six. Got plus three and a half Washington at even money. Oh, oh, it yeah. might have even been plus money. It was plus money. Oh, I wish I had I got it I'd plus money. Harder. Oh, man. I jumped all over that. Next thing I know, I'm watching Seattle and Washington. You know where they played that game at? They played it at Climate Pledge. Climate Pledge, where the where the Seattle Kraken mm-hmm. play. So what a night in Seattle. And the man. court is very much in the style motif yeah. to bring the, seat, uh, the Supersonics back. Yeah, it really is. I, I loved that court last night. No, that was an awesome game. Um, last night, um, and who knows? I mean, you get me. I mean, we can talk all day about that game, Brett. I'm so glad you watched that. Uh, but we'll wrap up today's show uh, with Taco Bell Crunch Time at 5:45. Let me remind you, we're in our Family Leisure Studios, where family and fun come together. And it's time for Family Leisure's Christmas Sale. Excellent deals on pool tables, shuffleboards, and saunas. Are you tired and sore from the shopping? Check out the huge in-stock selection of hot tubs and massage chairs. Surprise the kids with new arcade game tables or play gyms gifts for the whole family to enjoy and also on sale theater seating outdoor kitchens and grills patio furniture and fire pits merry christmas from their family to yours at family leisure 2120 Witten road just north of i-40 brian brett and johnny with you until six o'clock and you can join us at 901-360-8255 
your text, your calls at 901-360-8255. We're with you until 6 o'clock. This hour of our show brought to you every day by Lexus of Memphis. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from everyone at Lexus of Memphis, the one and only Lexus dealership in town at 2600 Ridgeway and online at LexusofMemphis.com. Call them at 901-334-9673. Great offers on the remaining 2023 models. In the 2024s, that's about mostly what they have now, but always special leasing options. Drive in luxury and confidence, knowing that every new Lexus comes with complimentary first and second maintenance services stop by today at lexus of memphis at 2600 ridgeway and put yourself in the driver's seat of the all-new 2024 flagship ls 500 you'll be looking and you'll be driving in style when you purchase a lexus you get top of the line engineering and design and they make for the luxury driving experience online at lexusofmemphis.com experience amazing experience amazing at lexus of memphis Top story of the day. Brett, my top story of the day is what we started the show talking about. The Tigers win over Clemson after beating Texas A&M, a ranked Texas A&M team, on the road the week before. They get a week off and then play Clemson, a ranked opponent, 13th in the country at home. The fans came out in full support. It was it was awesome to see. And the Tigers get a 79-77 to win. It was a great game from David Jones yet again. He's been so good this season. Only one for five um, from three, but finished with 22 points. Got to the line a lot. 12 free throws, made nine of them. Um, but I, I thought a really... Great win because when you talk about Brett, we talked about it a lot to start the show. Tigers didn't play great, you know. It, it, when you look at some of these wins this season, that certainly wasn't the best performance. I mean, you go back to that Texas A&M game, played much better. Second half at Mizzou. Second half at Mizzou, way better. I think you could even throw in um, Michigan and Arkansas played better than they did in, in that Clemson. First. Game. 30 minutes yeah. at Oxford. Absolutely. And so I think there's a lot of other games you can point to as better performances. But to be able to kind of be a little sloppy, maybe not all connected, and still pull out a win over the number 13th team in the country, I think the speaks crowd a did lot. That. Crowd helped a ton. Um, I think it speaks a lot to the experience of this team, um, the age of this team. I love this team and how it's put together. Um, on the other side, Clemson came in with P.J. Hall, who entered as a guy that maybe only a few had heard of in the crowd. I think he was. Left as one of the most hated people in Memphis. You think he was I mean, Jimmy Valley? Sure did. Joe I mean, Duke. I love it, Brad. I love the references. <laughs> but no, a great win for the Tigers, and now a huge test PJ tomorrow Hall night. Talking stuff in uh, Memphis. He sure was. Better be careful. He was confident in himself. He was. The uh, point guard in PJ Hall really got under my skin. Yes, yes, and I know PJ Hall got under a lot of people's skin because after the game, I I saw a lot of people really going after him um, on Twitter. But huge win, big test tomorrow night uh, when the twenty third ranked Memphis. Tigers take on the 22nd ranked Virginia Cavaliers. P.J. Hall came into Memphis trying to be Dylan Brooks or something. He really, he? he really did. Who do you think you are? That's my top story. It's the Memphis Tigers over the Clemson Tigers on a day Memphis won but didn't didn't play great. Coach Hardaway is right when he says this team isn't close to what it can be. Don't worry about the polls. They mean nothing right now. Ken Palm, Ned, uh, 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 the quad, that's what matters. And the, the obsession over it, the seeking validation, is so mindless. You keep winning, all that will take care of itself.
not top story of the day. Well, my not top story of the day, it's really going to be my top story tomorrow. But the return of John Morant is, uh, I mean, just hours away. I mean, T-minus however many hours. Tonight's game will be game number 25. Hallelujah. And who cares what happens tonight? Need the countdown clock for old anxiety tonight. I mean, really do. I don't care. Brett, they could go out and win. They could go out and lose by 30. Season starts tomorrow New Orleans. Yes, tomorrow is a new slate. Um, You bring John Morant in, I think this team will look a lot different now. I, you know, we were talking last week with Keith Smith. John Morant's not going to help rebounding. John Morant's not going to help the front court, but he will help a lot in, in a lot of other ways. And so it'd be great to see him back. Um, I, I, we talked Friday about what John Morant had to say when meeting with the press. I thought he handled it very well um, and got that out of the way. And now he can just focus on basketball. That, that's my not top story. The Grizzlies won more game, jawless. And then the next chapter of Jaw's story in Memphis, tomorrow it begins. If all goes well, what a story. And the slip-ups will be forgotten, Mm -hmm. and we'll move right on. It'll be the story of the comeback. It'll be story of of redemption. If it goes poorly, then it's the first step into the uh, proverbial need to change the scenery trade. And if if it goes nightmarishly, if it goes horribly... If he gets in trouble again, then his career is going to be over, and it's going to be one of the sadder stories yep. we've ever had to witness. Yeah, it really will. Well, I'll do a top and not top story of the day. Let's go ahead and get to our first break of the day. When we come back, we'll talk about these Grizzlies with the Michael Cole. Join the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin, for Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings from 10 to 11, here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Lexus of Memphis. Here are your hosts, Brett Stats Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome back into Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you in our family leisure studio. And joining us now to talk Grizzlies, the beat writer for the Grizzlies at the Commercial Appeal, DeMichael Cole, joins us now. DeMichael, thanks so much for joining us. You're in Oklahoma City for Game 25 tonight, the final game uh, without John Morant. He spoke to the media on Friday here in Memphis. What were your biggest takeaways from what John Morant had to say on Friday? Uh, it wasn't much of what he had to say. It was much of demeanor, and, mm. and uh, that's kind of what I got from because he didn't say much, honestly. Right. Like if, if you really just looked into it, of course he answered questions and things like that, but he didn't say much, he, and, and that was his intention. I think that is what he was trying to convey at the same time. Look, I said everything. I said all the good stuff. I said I'm going to do this better and do that better. Uh, I'm tired of talking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was what I got from it. I want to. I want to show it, and he has to at this point because I mean uh, to believe words at this point would would be risky. I mean, you, you just gotta you just gotta see it. Like we we've been here twice, right? You know, mm-hmm. we 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 were here after you know the Jalen Rose interview, and and we were here you know after the end of the season when they lost to the Lakers, and I felt uh, after that game six loss when Josh spoke in L.A. I mean, I was like, wow, he, he really sounds like a guy who gets it now. You know, uh, I mean, you go back and listen to him talking after that Lakers loss. It, he just talked about the leadership role going into the summer. And then two weeks later, you know, the second incident happened. So basically, this time around, it wasn't much talking like those previous times. It's just 
I got to show you. Got it. Show me, don't tell me. And DeMichael, I don't know that I wanted him up there groveling and, and ha- ha- having to uh, uh, effusively apologize because, like you said, look, he, he paid a very serious penalty. He, he, he's, he's, he's paid that up. Now play ball and let it be about the basketball, and tomorrow night starts the first step in a long journey of what I hope is a Hall of Fame career with one team, and that's in Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah, um, I mean, this is, this has all the makings of one of those type of stories. If he comes back, takes care of his business, uh, and gets the Grizzlies back in a position where we all felt like they were on a trajectory to be, you know, uh, based on the course over the last three seasons, going from playoff team to number two seed and back-to-back season winning 50-plus games. Uh, he's the key. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he is the key to making his whole he, he's game He's the work. franchise. Yeah, he's the franchise. Like, Dez, Dez and Jan are very nice. But to put that guy back in front and have those guys get a little bit off of their workload, it, it changes. And Demichael, I didn't. I didn't feel like I don't know many that did. But I, he he didn't he didn't owe me an apology. He, who he hurt was was his team and himself. Yeah, I I, I agree. You know, uh, and that that was one of my main takeaways. You know, I, I actually noted that. So he, I don't remember him. You know, saying you know I'm sorry, I apologize or anything like that when he spoke. And not that I expected him to say it, but it was just something that stood out. He didn't say that, so that's. That was kind of a sign of I'm not going to just throw out empty words. You know, it's easy to say, "Hey, I apologize for my mistakes. I'm going to try to correct them." Like that's easy to say, but uh, I, I really, like I said earlier, I think he's he's taking a different approach of I just want to, you know, show show you more than I can tell. His dialogue with the commissioner. How much has he gone into that? What can you report about those conversations? And will they continue? Will he have to go to the principal's office regularly? Yeah, I don't think there was much there. Uh, just he said, um, you know, it went good. It's already happened, so um, mm-hmm. I'm sure uh, Silver as well as the, the league, you know, um, Dave's been, you know, job was giving guidelines and things, and all signs say that he he met those guidelines and restrictions uh, in terms of everything that needed to be done in order for him to return for this game. Because I mean, everyone, it, it wasn't really, you know. It wasn't really a concern that he wouldn't be back for the 26th game of the season, but there was always the possibility if he did not meet certain guidelines right. that he wouldn't mm-hmm. be back uh, this 26th game. So he did meet those guidelines. You know, everything uh, has went um, according to plan with the position. DeMichael, when Ja returns to the court tomorrow night, even Thursday night at home against uh, uh, the Pacers, what do you expect from him? Do you expect for him to come out and look like the Ja Morant we're used to, or do you expect that there is, you know, he needs a couple of tune-up games before he really kind of starts to look like, you know, mid-season Ja Morant? He's not ready for 48 minutes tomorrow night, nah. is he? He's not ready for 48 minutes, but I, I tell you what, I do think he's ready to go. You know, uh, this is uh, it's it's a style thing to me, you know. Mm-hmm. Certain guys' styles are are very trans easy to like, um, you know, translate to, to game action. And one of those players, for example, Stephen Adams. I would say whenever Stephen Adams returns, he's going to get in there and it's going to look like Stephen Adams. Uh, certain guys, you know, like Desmond Bain, uh, for example, I would say he needs a couple games before you know all the running around that Des does does during the game, and so much of his game is based you know, on rhythm. Whereas with Ja, uh, we'll see, you know, from the passing standpoint, seeing all the different defenses, 
sure there's going to be some adjustments there. But in terms of grabbing the rebound and getting close to coast and that speed that he has, uh, getting to the rim, finishing around guys, that's going to be normal business for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right, and, and I'm I'm excited. I really am, DeMichael, to, to see him back in action tomorrow. Talking to DeMichael Cole from the commercial appeal, he's the Grizzlies beat writer. And, DeMichael, you reported uh, over the weekend, obviously we knew there was going to have to be some decisions made when Ja Morant um, returned, and you reported that the Grizzlies are planning to waive Kenneth Lofton Jr. with Ja Morant's return to clear up space for Bismack Biombo to remain on the team. And, for for Kenneth Lofton Jr., that's a guy that really a lot of fans loved, and he became you know one of the fan favorites on the team. What did you make of this decision? Did you expect this decision um, as we got closer to to Jaw returning? Yeah, it was you know kind of expected. You mm-hmm. know, I, I, the writing I'll, I always go back to this guy. The writing was really on the wall uh, when the Grizzlies had two bigs in the starting lineup. We're talking before Biombo, yep. and Xavier Tillman was out, and I think. Ponte Aldama was out, so um, they only had, you know, a couple a couple bigs left at that point, and I think at one point it was it was just Jaron and Tillman, and um, those two guys played all all the minutes. Like Stephen Adams was out, Ponte was out. Uh, they hadn't signed Bismack Biombo yet, and Ken Lofton Jr. was the third big, and everyone thought at that time, mm-hmm. um, you know, that would be an opportunity. For Kenneth Lofton Jr. to get his minutes, but he never did. So it's like the signs were there in terms of uh, you just didn't feel like the Grizzlies really valued him like that. Like you see guys like Jake LaRavia, Zaire Williams, David Roddy, um, John Conchar, they get reps after reps after reps in the rotation, and you just didn't see that happening for uh, Kenneth Lofton Jr. no matter who was available. You know, when there were two yeah. bigs available, he still wasn't getting that many reps. When there were four bigs available, he definitely wasn't getting that many reps. So that's what it really uh, came down to. I know I said in that story that you just mentioned as well, like he had met with Taylor Jenkins, you know, a few weeks ago, you know, about his plan time. And uh, one of the things that, you know, he asked about it in Taylor Jenkins' message basically was that they just don't have enough minutes available right now. And that was kind of a red flag because yeah. and they had enough minutes available because they ended up signing Bismack Biombo, you know, to, <laughs> uh, 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 you know, with Job Barrett's uh, hardship. Uh, for the suspension. So clearly that was a sign that they needed another big and they didn't really trust him in that role. So the signs were there. Uh, but it's, it's a tough one to swallow because you, you, you do think you know, he has some talent. I think at the end of the day, this is just wasn't the right fit for him. And Friday night was quite the whirlwind with Dylan Brooks back in town. And I said on these airways Friday afternoon, I, I was in, interested in seeing the reaction to him by the Grizzlies fans. And I didn't think it should be a, a chorus of boos because six months before that, they were cheering him. All he did is change clothes. He got traded to another, another team. It was a very nice reception. Then the video tribute to his years here and then his game. And, and I was told. By your colleague at the Commercial Appeal, the columnist Mark Giannato, I, mi- I missed this conversation in the media room Friday night. I think you were a party to it, that people were talking Dylan Brooks's place in Grizzlies history, in Grizzlies lore. And Mark told me that Rob Fisher even suggested that he thinks Dylan Brooks is one of the top 15 Grizzlies players of all time. Then I was with Rob Saturday, and we were talking about it. We were throwing around names 
and I don't think there's any doubt he is. And Bryant, remember, I said when 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 they dealt him, it's not often you have five thousand points walk right. out the door. That's right. You know, he he's eighth in all time scoring with the Grizzlies. Were you a party of that? And where do you think Dylan Brooks ranks in Grizzlies history? Oh man, I mean, I, I definitely think he has his place, and and that top fifteen range sounds, you know, sounds about right. Uh, for one, he has some longevity there with six seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, he got the accolade uh, in his final year, making an all-defensive team. And it was, to me, his best season defensively, even though you can argue the, the last three, four years of his tenure, he really stood out on the defensive end. A couple injuries in there. Uh, he has his memorable moment, I think, in terms of game one against the Utah Jazz in the playoffs. Uh, that's his signature Dylan Brooks moment where he had his game where he uh, led the Grizzlies to a win in a playoff. In the, playoff. the only game they won in that series, wasn't it? Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. The only game uh, that they uh, won in that series. So, so yeah, um, I feel like that he definitely deserves. That's a big uh, summertime feature you can do next summer, <laughs> to Michael. the top 15 Grizzlies of all time like and make everybody mad with your top three or four. That's right. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, Dylan Brooks, for, for everything that he did, I think he was a big part of the culture, too. He was I a do, big too. To the Grizzlies. You know, we talk about this whole thing about uh, the swagger of the team, how they became this trash-talking team. Uh, Dylan Brooks is a big, big part of all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Last thing for you, Michael, before we let you go tonight, uh, like I said, to, to start this segment, Grizzlies in action in Oklahoma City. You're there for the final game without John ja Morant. What do you expect tonight against a really impressive uh, Thunder team? Uh, it's gonna, if, if, if they're in this game, it's going to have to be the defense. I think Vince Williams is going to be a big part of it. He's going to have to guard Shea Gilders-Alexander, and he's going to have to guard him a lot and often. Uh, when he's not guarding him, I don't think the Grizzlies have another guy uh, who really stands a chance mm-hmm. in that matchup, honestly. Uh, so uh, I think you have to throw him on uh, Shea Gilders a lot. And, and offensively, you just got to hope for a good night. Right now, we just got to accept that the Grizzlies are not a good offensive basketball team right now. Uh, they have a potential mismatch in this game with Jaron Jackson Jr. Anytime you'd like to play a team that plays those three wings, you have the two guards, the small forward and power forward position, that small ball lineup, Jaron has the ability to dominate those matchups. Mm-hmm. Uh be another one for him, depending on who the Grizzlies started at center. Remember, Bismack Biombo is doubtful for this game. Uh, I suggested that they start Xavier Tillman because his size would lean would, would uh, probably uh, lean the Thunders uh, using Chet Holmgren against him for rebounding purposes. But uh, if you put Santi Aldama in the lineup, who is a little bit lighter, mm-hmm. uh, I, the Thunder would be fine with putting Chet Holmgren on Jaron Jackson Jr. and then putting you know a guy like Jalen Williams on Santi Aldama and hoping he can hold his own in that matchup. So uh, whoever starts alongside Jaron is, uh, is a big key piece to it and Vince Williams. I think uh, yeah. those are uh, big key pieces to keep the Grizzlies in this game. Obviously, it's going to be a hard uh, to win in OKC. That's one of the best teams in the league right now. Absolutely. Well, it's going to be interesting tonight. DeMichael, thanks so much for joining us. And we won't talk to you for the next two weeks because we're out next week for Christmas, the week after for New Year. So the next time we talk to you will be 2024, January 8th. So enjoy Christmas. Have Merry Christmas to you and uh, and uh, enjoy uh, New Year's. 
Merry Christmas, guys. Take care. Thank you to Michael. Thanks, Be Michael. safe. Merry Christmas to you and yours. In a week from today, it is Christmas, and I know those last second shop, the last second shopping sometimes can make you very nervous. Don't be. Here's what you need to do: log on to GoogleSalonSpa.com and get one of those gift cards, and you're set. All the nervousness will end. It's the perfect size, it's the perfect color, and it's the perfect gift for this round of holidays. And coming up for Valentine's, go to GoolSalonSpa.com. Over 90 years of distinction, over 300 associates making our area feel so good. Exclusive to our area, the best holiday gift for any season is that Ghoul's gift card. The best spa packages, salon products, and those gift cards are the perfect hit. They are the perfect size, the perfect color. Color and a great operation they have at Ghouls. They wish everyone a Merry Christmas and thank you so much for all these years of great customer loyalty and appreciation since 1932, come, getting ready to start a 92nd year in business, a family operation, sons, grandsons, granddaughters, valuable associates from a small hair salon to today's juggernaut, upscale ambiance, chic style that once was considered a Hollywood luxury. We have it here with all the locations. There's one close to you, downtown, Collierville, all points in between. A commitment to, prov- to providing a unique fashion-forward experience. Go to ghoulsalonspa.com, ghoulsalonspa.com, and get that gift card, and you'll be set for a week for, from today or at any time during the year and coming up for Valentine's. Well, let's get to a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about what the Tigers did on Saturday in a win over Clemson. Tomorrow night's game against Virginia. We'll do that next on Sports Time. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Lexus of Memphis. Here are your hosts, Brett Statz-Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. I think uh, this is the most invested all three of us have, have been during a game at the same time. Group lock. In this uh, bowl game going on. The Very Toastery Bowl. Old Dominion up 28-14 to 14 and driving. Um, I should say. Um, Brett, I uh, decided earlier today to rank all the bowl games. Um, but I can't rank them until after they happen. And it has nothing to do with the teams that are playing. It's just... Your level of interest? Venue, atmosphere, and anything around. Basically, you could put any two teams in these games. A little trick play there by Old Dominion. Yeah. Um, you could put any two teams in a game... And how much, how, what would the enjoyment level be for me watching it? Famous Toastery Bowl is number two right now. It is? Mm-hmm. Nothing like McCall Richardson Stadium, huh? That's right. For SETI. Um, I didn't know Hugh McCall was in there with Jerry Richardson. Yeah. Was I did, it that I, when the Tigers played there? I don't think so. I don't so. think so. When, I, that must be new. I, I mean, know there's Hugh no McCall just of, didn't get money. Yeah. That's, I didn't even notice that until you just said that. Uh huh. I know they're doing a bunch of renovate, renovations. It needs Maybe it. he's, uh, he put up the money for that, and so he gets half the naming on the stadium. But yeah, they're number two for me, the Famous Toastery Bowl, right behind the New Orleans Bowl. Which what kind of gift one. bag do you think Famous Toastery gives out? Yeah, it's probably not great. Um, wow. Um, Old Dominion's good, man. <laughs> they're playing really well. Um, have you seen the mascot in this game? Like the the famous toastery mascot? They have mascot. I have not. I have not. Um, it's like a big piece Is of toast. Sk- yeah. And for some reason, Connor pointed this out to me earlier. The like 
faces open. Like, you know, most mascot costumes, like, you can't see the person's face. This face is just out there. So it's just like a face on a piece of toast. So he's not hidden? Uh-uh. It's very weird. Very strange. Hmm. That's all I got on the face. Does he talk? I don't most, know. Most mascots don't communicate. Right. I'm guessing if your face is out there, you can talk, Because their expression right? kind of stays the it same. stays the same. But if your face is You don't know happy there, or sad mascot. That's true. No, nah, you never I mean, know. I Brutus the Buckeye, it's, it's almost... That's true. Whether they score or get beat, it's the same reaction. Same, same expression. Exact same facial expression. Huh. I don't know. I know earlier in the game, Old Dominion, Connor pointed out to me, uh, their quarterback rushed in for a touchdown, and the famous Toastery mascot is standing there in the end zone. Welcomed him? And the ODU quarterback started pointing at him, and he, the, the famous Toastery mascot was like clapping. So the ODU so. quarterback went all P.J. Hall on us? Sure did. He sure did. Speaking of P.J. Hall and the Tigers. 21 points and made no friends in Memphis Saturday. No, no friends at all. Um, Took L home too. Sure did take an L. And, and I'm telling you, Brett, I was not lying. And you're not lying either. I really do think he walked in as like half the people in attendance were like, yeah, I know who P.J. Hall was. The other half were like, I couldn't tell you P.J. Hall. Nobody knew who P.J. Hall was and, before the game started. Yeah, nobody knew who he was. Like, if you lined up 10 guys. 21 points. I don't think anybody could, could spot P.J. So Hall. big miss free throws late. Sure did. But no, he left, he left uh, Saturday as the most hated man. In Memphis. And he wanted to be. He wanted to and, be. And he accomplished But he it. would have liked to walk out of there with a win as well. Um, but Now the Tigers, go Clemson, go. Oh, yeah. No, you're you're rooting for Clemson. And I think uh, the way the ACC has played this season as a whole, I mean, I think there's a very good shot. Clemson's there towards the end in, in the ACC tournament. And, and that would definitely be good for the Tigers. Tomorrow night. I know we'll talk more about it tomorrow. But what are your kind of early... Uh, you know, early takeaways of what the Tigers need to do tomorrow. Shoot the three better would be nice. Going to have to be really patient Yeah, in the offensive end. Yeah. But if you're too patient, you're almost getting into their kind of game. Yeah. Well, and you said it earlier. I mean, you can't start forcing up shots against this team. You, you can't um, be too early in the shot clock, and the later, the better for yeah. UVA. Yeah, so it's you know it's going to be tricky. We'll see what, what Penny Hardaway can do. We'll talk more about Styles that Styles make, make fights. <laughs> It sure does. I like that. I like that. But let's go ahead, wrap up this hour, and get to a break. When we come back, we'll talk college football. We'll talk college basketball with David Cobb from CBS Sports.